The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? The Toronto Blue Jays on Tuesday sent down their opening day starter, Alec Manoa, to the Florida Complex League. Now, this is a big deal for a team with World Series aspirations. The Toronto Blue Jays currently sit, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in World Series odds on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. You can visit sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your betting needs. If you want to bet on the Blue Jays to win the World Series, it'd be uh, 14.75 to 1. That's about 15 times your money if the Jays win the World Series. Uh, if you are going to bet, bet responsibly. It is 19 plus. You can use the QR code right now on the screen to download the Sports Interaction app. Last time, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. The Toronto Blue Jays, it is a big deal when your ace, when your number one starter, when your opening day starter goes down to Dunedin to work on his stuff because his stuff has not been good. Now, on Monday night, Alec Manoa had the worst start of his career. It's been a short career. It hasn't been very long, but Alec Manoa allowed eight batters to reach base. He allowed six runs to come home, and he only recorded one single out in his outing. It was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable moment in a series of unfortunate starts for Manoa, and and increasingly, it has been trending towards this direction. It looked like he would have, it looked like early on, like he would be able to get it going. It was a lot of starts where it was like, okay, Manoa went four innings and he allowed three runs, but he racked up a lot of pitches, so they have to pull him. And then increasingly for Manoa, it got worse and worse. And we saw him struggle mightily with command. We saw him not be able to hit the plate. We saw him walk batters at a rate we've never seen Manoa walk batters. And that's what led to finally today the Blue Jays did what a lot of fans have been asking them to do, and that's send down Manoa and get the pressure off of him. So how did we get to this point in Manoa's career for your ace? How does he get here? How did we end up with him back in Dunedin? Well, it hasn't been a long career for Manoa, so his his journey took him through the minors. The 2020 season for him uh, was completely wiped out because of COVID, uh, because of the pandemic, he couldn't play minor league baseball. But then 2021, he gets a call up from the Blue Jays, and he has a really great year. He has a a stellar start to his career, still only 23. Year 24, last season's 2022 season, Alec Manoa finishes third in the American League in Cy Young voting. This is a guy who was the Blue Jays' best pitcher day in, day out. When you knew that that fifth day came up on the rotation, you knew you were going to get a great start from Manoa. Finishes third, as I said, in Cy Young voting. We get to this year, and at no point did Manoa have his stuff. Now, there's some good stats from Ben Nicholson-Smith here today just to illustrate where Manoa was with his command of the strike zone. He leads the American League in walks. Uh, He has 42 walks. Last year, he had a grand total of 52, and he's already at 42 through this season. Among 96 pitchers with at least 50 innings pitched. This is a very important stat, a very important couple stats. Manoa ranks 96th out of 96 in strikeout minus walk rate. He's at 2.1%. He's 95th in XERA, 
and 95th in FIP. Now, if you're not familiar with FIP, FIP is, it's like a, a better ERA stat that the very intelligent stat nerds have come up with. It focuses solely on the events that a pitcher has most control over. So like ERA, there's some things that are out of your hands, um, but this narrows it down to things pitchers mostly control. And in that category, Alec Manoa is 95 out of 96. I think we've gotten to the point that he hasn't had a good year. And it's like, okay, why? There's been a lot of theories out there as to why Manoa has struggled. And a lot of them come down to his mechanics. A lot of people aren't a fan of how he's looked with the new pitch clock system. So um, the pitch clock was implemented this year, and that forces pitchers to get back to the rubber a lot quicker. And a lot of people are using this as uh, the reason that Alec Manoa can't find command of any of his pitches. Because the, the big thing is that he can't throw a strike. He can't throw a slider for a strike. He, he walks. He's walking batters at an irregular rate. His fastball is being hit very hard. He can't throw a strike. And... A lot of the great intelligent baseball people have pointed out, they've done the overlays of how he throws the ball last year and how he throws the ball this year. And the mechanics are completely off for Manoa. And if you see it, he his, his leg isn't getting up high enough. The back leg is dragging. The arm angle is completely different, especially on the slider. But... All those things are true, and that is why he is going to down to Dunedin to fix that. And if you're wondering why he's going to the uh, Florida Complex League and not like AAA or AA or somewhere else, he's going down there because this is like he's going down there to practice. He's not going to he's not going to AAA in an instance where he needs to face a higher level of competition to just kind of get that that his stuff ready. You know, he's he's going down to Dunedin to the Blue Jays state-of-the-art facility to work with their coaches to get his body and the way he's throwing the ball fixed. And in my mind, there's no doubt that he is going to do this. He's going to fix the mechanics. And now it becomes what I think is the biggest problem with Alec Manoa this season, and that is the mental hurdle that he now has to overcome. Alec Manoa is going to figure out the mechanics. I, if we can see this, if we can see what's wrong with the slider and the leg kick, then so can the Blue Jays. And I think he'll go down there. He'll get himself right. And the adversity for me with Manoa comes to, can he mentally get out of the yips? I think that's what he's got right now. I think they're going to fix his mechanics. And it's when he gets back to the majors or when he starts fixing uh, facing competition again... Is he going to be able to look at the plate and not nervously throw the ball over there? Is he going to be able to mentally throw it over the plate, mentally have the command of his pitches and know where he wants to throw them? And there have been two instances in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays franchise that kind of mirror what Manoa is going through right now. And that's Ricky Romero and Roy Halladay. If you're familiar with both, or if you're not familiar with both, we're going to run them down right now. And we're going to see where there's some parallels and what we can take away from that and what we shouldn't apply to Manoa. Ricky Romero, if you don't remember, had a fantastic 2011 season. The 2011 season was 
Alec Manoa's 2022 season for Ricky Romero. It wasn't as high. That's where we get some of the differences. His peaks weren't as high, but his valleys were even lower. So Ricky Romero came into the league 24-25, had two fantastic seasons. He was like, okay. And then the 20-2011 season is year 26. Manoa's 25, remember that. Only one year off. He makes the All-Star game first half of the season. He's Blue Jays' best player. Goes on to finish 10th in Cy Young voting. Finishes with a 292 ERA. Only 80 walks on the year, 178 strikeouts. Romero's fantastic. 2012 rolls around, and it's gone. Not dissimilar to Alec. It is just, it's disappeared. Nobody knows who Ricky Romero is anymore. Gets 14 losses on the year, 9-14. and 14. Win-loss record, not that important. But when we go down the stats, it went from an 80 walks on the year to 105. It went to... Uh, the hits allowed were 176 to nearly 200. Strikeouts went from 178 to 124. Ricky Romero fell off the map, and from that season on, he never got it back. That's what we don't want to happen to Alec Manoa. Ricky Romero would go on to make two more Major League starts, and that's it. That was it. He made two starts, and he had an 11 ERA, and he was out of baseball. Now, with Ricky Romero, there were injuries involved. That's very important to know. There were injuries involved. I forget the exact injuries, um, but it was lower body injuries, and I believe a piece of his shoulder uh, was also needed some work on it. So with Ricky Romero, there was, you know, there's, there's a built-in excuse there, but not dissimilar to Manoa. He lost command. He had a bit of the yips. The injuries piled on. He's out of baseball. Roy Halladay, the late, great Roy Halladay, at the be- very, very beginning of his career, had a similar instance. He went down to the minor leagues in the year 2000. And if you're not familiar with the year 2000 season with Roy Halladay, it's kind of infamous within Toronto Blue Jays circles and in Major League Baseball because of the career that Roy Halladay went on to have. The multiple Cy Youngs, uh, the the Hall of Fame career that Roy Halladay had. That year 2000 season, for a minimum of 50 uh, innings pitched that season, Roy Halladay set the record for the highest ERA ever for a pitcher to pitch a minimum of 50 innings. He had a 10-64 ERA that year, and the Blue Jays sent him all the way back to single A ball. He was uh, 23 at the time, and he worked his way back from single A back to the major leagues within one year. By the time the end of the 20, 2001 season rolled around, Ricky Romero, oh, Ricky Romero, Roy Halladay was back in the major leagues pitching. And he looked like he got his stuff back, and he did get his stuff back, and he went on to have the career that he had. The parallels with Alec Manoa are there, and you hope that that is the trajectory that Alec Manoa can have. But where we fall off with the comparisons is that Roy Halladay at the time wasn't a Cy Young candidate before he got sent back to single-A ball. He had two years, parts of two years, I should say, in the majors where he looked 
fantastic. He looked like the stud prospect at the age of 21 pitching in the majors. And he looked like the guy everybody thought he would be. And then the year 2000 rolls around his year 23 season. He falls off the map and he doesn't have it anymore. So with Alec, you have this giant peak of a season. You have this third place Cy Young season that Manoa had and Roy Halladay didn't have that. So you wonder if it's easier for Manoa to get that back because he's already at that level or if it's near impossible to get that back when you go that high or trying to get back there again. And if it's easier for somebody like Roy Halladay back when he was 21, 22, it's easier to screw up when you're that young. Because you have so much time and so much runway and your confidence is all there and you were in the majors early anyways. The expectations weren't there. So it's easy to get this back. So you wonder how this is going to play out and with the Blue Jays and how this is going to play out. Like I mentioned off the top, they have World Series aspirations and the way they're going to try and figure this out going forward is going to be a fascinating one to watch. They called up, so with the Manoa move, they call up Santiago Espinal, who came off of IR, so they don't really call him up. They bring him off IR. Chris Bassett is back from paternity leave. And then the interesting name that they have now in the pen in their pitching rotation is Bowden Francis. Bowden Francis will probably be in on Saturday. We'll see how they handle it as the this week's the next four starts go. We'll see how the Blue Jays handle this and what kind of bullpen game they'll run out there on Saturday. Because they don't really have the starter that's going to give them six innings just to replace Manoa. And a lot of blame is being placed on Atkins and Shapiro for not building up this pitching staff better to to protect against an instance like this. But to that, I say, how often do you expect the best pitcher on your team to just not be able to pitch anymore? Like, injuries happen, but you don't count for something like this. And I guess you don't really – you don't want to say, like, hey, our best player could get injured or he could lose it and we have a protection for that. I get the complaints that, like, hey, they don't have a six-starter ready and waiting in Buffalo. And I think they, they tried. They, like, they made some moves and they didn't work out. So I don't know how much blame I'm, I'm – I'm, placing here on upper management, but there is a little blame. There's a little blame, but I don't think it's entirely a scream fest for Atkins and Shapiro right now. Right now is what I'm saying, because they do have four starters who have looked good, like Kuchi looks like he got it back. Um, Burrios is great. Uh, Bassett's back. Kevin Gosman's been decent. So I'm not ready yet to blow up at management for not building a better pitching rotation in a year where you have Bichette as one of the best players, uh, one of the best hitters in baseball. You have Vladdy starting to get his power back. Like this, th- He's getting a little bit of his, his lost power is coming back. So I'm not ready yet to yell at management. That might be for a later episode to see how these next weeks without Alec Manoa play out. But I think they'll do some bullpen action. There's also the chance, you know, the Blue Jays claim somebody off waivers, uh, somebody who's been DFA'd, they go and they claim them, or they make a trade. Trades are always a possibility to go get that other starter who needs to fill the gap. And for the Blue Jays, it's going to be very fascinating to watch as they navigate this because 
all of these years here are go for it years while you have these young guys locked up. And who would have thought that your ace, your opening day starter, would just lose it? It's it's insane, and I'm excited for the updates from the Blue Jays coaching staff down in Dunedin to find out how Manoa's handling this and how it goes. I hope he gets it back. I hope it's a more Roy Halladay than it is Ricky Romero, and we see the Alec Manoa that we saw last year and that we know and we love. So I'm going to be watching this one closely. It's fascinating time in Blue Jays land. There seems to be a lot of news coming out of there, so we'll keep an eye on that throughout the summer. That is it for me today. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here right now watching or listening to this, and I appreciate you. Thank you. I'll see you very soon. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.